From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 594, OneDrive for Business in 2018 with guest Stephen Rose. Recorded Tuesday, June 26, 2018. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell. Thanks for listening to Run As Radio, bringing back one of my favorite people this week. It's Stephen Rose, who's the Director of Product Marketing for OneDrive for Business before joining Microsoft. He spent 10 years as an IT consultant working with Fortune 500 companies, as well as a speaker for IT and developer conferences worldwide. He used to be an MCSE, MCT, and MVP, but he's none of those things now because he works for the Big Blue. And you and Dan Egan both, really, we're always paling around, and, and then you both switched over. Yeah, there's been a lot of us. Michael Bender is now a blue badge and Jessica Dean. And yeah, it's amazing how we just keep getting snapped up. Over <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we're old hands. Yes, we are. And we've sort of known our way around this stuff. Hey, I am kind of sad that I missed the SharePoint conference for North America in the spring there because it sounds like huh? you guys had a blast of a show. Yeah, it, it's been a virtual conference for the past few years. Mm-hmm. And the folks said, hey, we want to do this as a physical one, both in Europe and in the United States. So I did Europe. It was in Dublin, nice. which was a, a great thing. I'd never been there before. So I had a chance to go to Dublin and went to the Guinness factory and all the good things that you do in Dublin. And then this year it was to bring it to Las Vegas. And it was great. We had a ton of folks that showed up. The B-52s did a show. Awesome. We had a great keynote, a lot of really good announcements. So that's really now going to be one of our two big points in time, it's going to be the SharePoint conference in the spring, and then it's going to be Ignite in the fall is really when we seem to talk about what's new and what's coming. And they seem to be kind of good segmenters on how we sort of take a look at the year in product development. Sort of spring event, fall event. I appreciate yeah. that. I'll do my best to get there next year and maybe we can do some stuff in person uh, on stage and that sort of thing. I would love that. We'll get you on it. We'll do a session. We'll have you come up and chat and yeah. folks would love that. You know, do all those fun things we used to do back in the old tech ed days. <laughs> I'm looking yes. at the list. I mean, you think of OneDrive for business. It's like you just store files, right? I mean, how hard could it be? Right. But looking at this array of, I feel like you've really are starting to productize OneDrive, it's like make it part of an application workflow mm-hmm. for where how you handle images as part of a workflow, all of those kinds of things. Can you talk to some of this? This is cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think the thing about OneDrive and what we're hearing from so many customers, and you know this well, so many of them are still on Windows 7. They're yeah. still using share drives. Some of them are using SharePoint Online. And they're really going, hey, we want to move to the cloud. We want to allow our users to have access from anywhere and that ubiquity to information and that work from any device experience. And those those three things are really key. So I think some of the things that we're trying to do to make it better is, first of all, make it easier for folks to get information into the cloud. So we've invested a ton in scanning in OneDrive because people, everybody I talk to is like they have some favorite app for scanning receipts and right. business cards and this and that. And we're like, Well, we use Office Lens. We actually use the API. It's in OneDrive, and we're actually going to take the scanning functionality, which was a little hidden, 
and actually make it a button right there in the center of the mobile app. We have over a million downloads on Android. We're the top rated against our competitors in iOS. And we want to keep really building on the iOS, Android. We just released functionality where you can not only install the app to a storage card, but actually save all your data to it, which is something that folks have been asking for forever. And then finally bringing camera upload into mobile. That's been another big aspect of that. So that first step is just getting your stuff there. So it's that and a feature that we're going to put a blog out for tomorrow, a new functionality called Known Folder Move, which is sort of taking the, the folder redirection concept and just making it easier where you can just push out a GPO and it will create the folders in OneDrive and anything that's on your desktop, my docs, pictures, et cetera, just gets sunk up to the web. It'll work on Windows 7 and Windows 8. And then if you have Windows 10 adding files on demand, you really now can get to this replaceable PC thing. And that's what so much so many folks have asked for. You know, I don't want to walk past Office Lens because when it first came yeah. out and it was originally, it was like the first thing on the Win phone that mm-hmm. I'm like, can you do this? And like its yeah. ability to take, to straighten out a whiteboard and to take mm-hmm. the light overload on one part of it out, just like make the whole thing legible. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Now it's available for iOS and Android. I swear yeah. by, but you're right. It's always been buried. It should yeah. just be automatic. When you take a picture and it's text of any kind, you should office lens it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And now you can do it right inside of OneDrive. We have that office lens technology and everything built inside of OneDrive. And what's great is it's going to save it right to OneDrive, which now means it stays securely, not on your phone, especially if you're taking pictures of slides or whiteboards. Now you can save it directly into OneDrive. And if you don't have camera roll turned on, if you do, then camera roll is going to get saved to OneDrive for business. So if you have a managed device, it's all right there. And it just makes it more secure. And you don't have to worry about those things getting leaked or hacked. And we're typically thinking about a business type workflow here for images, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, this sort of classic scenario for me as an inspector of any kind, whether they're looking at damage from a flood or, you know, a car accident or anything like that, and just knowing that those images always get moved to the right place. Mm-hmm. I think we also have uh, oil and gas is a big one. They go oh, out yeah. to go do inspections and they take pictures of all the stuff. So any of those where you give somebody a device that they have to use out in the field, now being able to control and manage that and have that that level of control is a really great thing. So that's been a big area of work. And Ryan and his team have done a really great job on really focusing it on mobile and really building out the product. And we have some really great stuff to come. We support now almost 200 of the 320 some odd viewers. So even if you don't have the app installed, you can view a DICOM image or a PDF or an Adobe Illustrator file, et cetera. And those are also really important to be able to see what's in there without having to have an app that maybe doesn't even have a mobile version installed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the sort of mechanism for I've gone, you know, think think about the pipeline thing and like Mm -hmm. you're taking pictures in an offline area. Mm-hmm. And then at some point you get back to connectivity and it just syncs? Just syncs right up. Yeah. yeah. And then you can even use Microsoft Flow if you want to create a workflow. So I have one where after I take a receipt, mm-hmm. a first thing I do before a trip is I create a folder called whatever the conference is. And then whenever I take any photos, it gets saved inside that. But you can create a workflow that says after you take a picture of a receipt, open it. So then you can go in and you can circle it and add a note and mark it up and do whatever you want to it. Mm -hmm. But then have it go to your boss for approval at the single click of a button and flow works across OneDrive web and it works across mobile. So you can actually create workflows right there in your iPhone. For example, if you swipe right 
and you take a look down in the action items in the quick view, you can actually add those right there. I have it for Wonderlist. So I click it, it opens up Wonderlist, immediately gets to a task, dates it. I just type in what I want, I hit go, and I can do that while the screen's locked. So it's those types of actions that are really critical and sort of replacing the old info path as we take a look at Power Apps and Flow as being those two things that you don't need to know how to be a coder or a developer to use, but really start to create powerful CRM and document management and general business workflows that are easy for folks to figure out and go ahead and implement and use within, uh, again, across mobile and desktop scenarios. And it's interesting to think in that context of maybe you're using an existing CRM system, but it doesn't manage this piece. Mm -hmm. You don't want to buy another module or change the whole product to be able to just add in through one drive for business that additional capability. Yeah. And there's a ton of connectors and even more that we have coming out. So it's there today. You don't have to purchase or buy anything. It's built right into the product. If you take a look at OneDrive on the web, you'll see flow and there's a drop down. It says add a flow or use flows. And if you go out to the Microsoft flow website, you see a bunch of ones that people have already built that you can just connect to. Like I have one that says, take any attachments I get in Outlook and automatically save them into a folder. Right. That's a great one for me. And with files on demand, I don't have to worry that I'm suddenly going to run out of room. Well, I could I could imagine an organization that's, you know, living on Salesforce for their CRM and a mm-hmm. sales guy takes a customer or prospect to lunch to just be able to have that receipt appear associated with that account. Like this yeah. is done, this is what was spent. Like that's just handled. And you again, you don't have to ask Salesforce to do that. You could add it through OneDrive for business. Yep. And it's right there and it's free. And and that's been the big thing. You know, we had MGM Grand Endrium Resorts came on stage and they were talking about how they got off a box and came to OneDrive. And there was a lot of things like Flow and Power Apps, but from OneDrive specifically, it was, we're going to save $750,000 by dropping Box and moving to OneDrive. Hmm. And that's what we're seeing from a lot of folks because well, you already own it. Right. You get unlimited storage with most of those accounts and folks are paying not just for a third-party app, but all the add-ons, the security add-on, the notes add-on, the Flow add-on, the security and management and GDPR stuff. We have all that in there. We met GDR compliancy a month before the date came up. Nice. So it's those types of things that people are digging deep. But on my end, it really is about bringing out those features that not only help us to get on parity, but also ones that people don't expect. And Files Restore was a huge one around that that nobody was waiting for that no one else has. And now we've added the anti-malware scan. So now if it finds malware ransomware in your OneDrive, it'll alert you. It'll go ahead and remove it. And if it happened where it couldn't be removed, you have Files Restore, which allows you to go to any file or any folder at any point in time on your PC and recover right back to that moment. So it's things like that that folks were not expecting that we brought to the product that really add a lot of value and just help people. Are you describing immunity to ransomware there? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's not immunity, but it's a way to be more easily able to recover. So if we find ransomware and malware inside of OneDrive and you're running Defender, we'll say, hey, we found ransomware or malware. We're going to remove it. So stay tuned. And basically locks everything up and goes and remove and says it's been removed. You're good. If you get it on the device and the device gets locked out for some odd reason or something along that line, and then you're able to remove it and all the files. You can go into Files Restore, which is in every OneDrive for Business and OneDrive Consumer. You could, you'll see every file that you've worked on, and not just the file, but all the different save points. So you can say, 
Take me to Friday at 9 a.m. I got hit by this ransomware at 9.20. Nice. Cover everything to 9 a.m. on Friday, and it will recover everything to that point in time. So, yeah, you're just taking continuous point in time storage. Every time that you save a version, which if you go into Word or PowerPoint, Excel, and you click the little clock, you see all the versions. You see every time it was saved and every time somebody did that. We're just hanging on to those, making them available across files and folders for users. So rather than having to go into every single app and doing that, and we go beyond just the Office apps, but even into folders and what was done there to be able to basically do that across your whole PC. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it begs the question, if you had a piece of ransomware running encrypting files against your OneDrive, is OneDrive keeping logs of each time that happens effectively? Yeah. Yeah, so it can say, no problem. Here's where the files were changed. It doesn't know. I mean, it knows if it's ransomware or somebody changing it, but it says, hi, here was the last known good that you know of. Let's recover back to this point. And you have Defender that's going to remove the malware or ransomware from the device. It occurs to me that is even a signature. If you suddenly see sequentially all these files being grabbed and written over, you know, repeatedly, it's like, what else would that be? Right. And that's exactly it. It immediately knows that. It stops. Defender's already kicked in. Yeah. It knows what's to look for. So whether it happens on the back end or on the front end, we have two different ways to go ahead and get to it using, you know, also the Windows uh, ATP, which is also part of that, which is going to help at an even higher level. Mm-hmm. So there's all these different layers that enterprises have. But it was also important to bring that to consumers. And now consumers have that as well for those who are running, you know, Windows 10 and have that deeper Defender integration and are running a PC that, you know, that supports UEV and all that sort of stuff. If they have any PC built in the last three years and they're running OneDrive, they're in a really good place in case that happens. They're not going to lose all the family memories and all, you know, that sort of stuff, which is what happens to folks. Sure. Yeah, no, it's it's like people pay the ransom for a reason. And now the ransomers, you know, actually don't have the keys. Like they're just hoping you'll send them Bitcoin. It's It's getting more horrible, not less. It is because they figured out it's a sustainable business model. And that's the problem is people just don't think about it and don't think it's ever going to happen to them. And it does. So that really becomes our job to see what we can do to protect those folks, because we want to be able to say, if you trust us to upload that to our cloud and put it there, we got to protect you. And that's something that, you know, iOS doesn't have with our iCloud and things like that to, to that sort of level. And it's really important for us to stand out. And That's where we can take the good learnings from business and bring that to consumer and things like photo backup, which consumers loved and finally be able to bring that to business as a managed feature. So there's goodness that happens on both sides. And then we find points where they really cross over nicely. And that's the value of having a consumer and a business focused product with some overlap. Is it actually a common code base? You're just turning on different features depending on the kind of customer? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then there's also stuff on the back end, like DLP and stuff along that line, which it connects to as part of Office. But at the code base level, there's a few slight differences, but in general, it's mostly the same thing. Like known folders moved, it came to consumer a while ago. Oh, yeah. It required different code for business users. So we had to alter that code before we can bring it in and, of course, make any functions that come into business manageable from a GPO or a, or an Intune or MDM level, which for consumers... Yeah, it's just not an issue. It's just a right. more complex security model. And Stephen, give me a moment here for this very important message. OneDrive gets your documents in order. Now get the applications in order. If you've got applications that require local admin rights or throw UAC prompts, the last thing you want to do is give users local admin rights. With PolicyPack, you don't have to. 
Use PolicyPack's least privilege manager to bypass USC prompts and problematic installs, and don't let users run with the scissors anymore. And as a bonus, block malware and unknownware. PolicyPack works alongside your on-prem group policy or SECM, or through the internet with PolicyPack Cloud, or in conjunction with your own MDM service, like Intune with PolicyPack MDM. Learn the secret that thousands of other administrators have already learned. You're the one in charge and not your users. Start a free trial to get out of the local admin business and get more secure today by heading over to policypack.com. PolicyPack, securing your standards. And we're back. It's Run As Radio, Richard Campbell talking to Stephen Rose. And we just touched on the, the known folder move. So this mm-hmm. is your, as you said earlier, sort of you're committing to the phone as a first class client. And so folders that would typically live in the PC are equally available on a phone. Right. And just an easier way for folks to get them there. Right. That's the problem is somebody's on Windows 7 and everything's local and they're still using a share drive. They go, hey, what do I do? Well, the way we look at it, it's so many folks are using OneDrive and Teams. Well, Teams is great for all of that, but how do you get all of that up? It's now known folder move. Take everything that's on their desktop, everything that's in their My Docs, everything in pictures. You hit a button or you push out a GPL and it automatically will copy that content up to the cloud, create the same folder structure. So Hmm. everything's in sync. So now when you go to your iPad or you go to a Mac, it's all right there for you. And as you change files on any device, it will be the same on your desktop. And that's really what we've looked for in Michael Niehaus with the great work he's done on autopilot, that ability to have OneDrive already installed, already logged in. If you're using files on demand, all of your files, all of a sudden they're there on your desktop, they're there inside your My Docs or whatever. Having that information in the cloud ensures that if your laptop takes a dump, you can go buy a new one, connect to the cloud, never do a Pixie boot, never be touching a network wire, have the full thing deployed, and there's all your files, there's everything important. And then if you're using something, you know, one of the virtualization tools, there's all your bookmarks and your, you know, your personalizations like UEV. If you're using that, there's everything that makes your PC personal. Right. At Exchange Online, that's everything. That's the whole ball of wax because MDM is going to push out your app. So that's not a big deal. And I presume one of the key technologies here in the Azure space for all of this is the Azure Active Directory. It is AAD. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because that's going to authenticate and make sure the people are who they are. And the great thing is after they type in their username, their phone pops up with the authentication app or whatever it is you're using and says, sure, you say this is your name, but if it's really you and you're trying to do this, prove it. Don't tell me what you know. Give me your fingerprint. Give me your face, et cetera, as we get rid of that password. So it becomes a super secure way to do that with an off-the-shelf device that you've never seen. And as long as you have drivers set up for it as part of autopilot, you're good. I also appreciate that the average IT guy just doesn't want to build his own MFA solution. Like it's it's a ton of work. So the sort of outsourcing of identity is just working for people. Right. And if a salesperson loses their laptop every day, they don't have one is dollars out of their pocket. The fact they can go to Best Buy, buy any one of 10 approved laptops on their corporate credit card, come home, plug it into Wi-Fi, type in their username, click their phone, walk away. And 40 minutes later, they're right where they left off. That's great for IT as well as end users. That's a win-win. Sure. You and I over the years have talked about, you know, SCCM and then moving to MDT and continue to move, but it still had to have that, you know, connection to the wire and pixie boot and 
really wasn't something you could do remotely and all that. Now we finally have really gotten to that space and it works well. And I'm so happy that Niehaus has taken that over, that he's now running autopilot for those folks. It's great to see him bring his depth of experience to that and really make it accessible technology for folks. Yeah, he's got he's got a talent. There's no two ways about it. And it's just one of those things that's not as simple as it looks. No. There's a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, he's doing a great job over there. I was happy to see him move off the Windows deployment team onto autopilot and take that over. He's done really great work. And we've worked really closely with him on how to really integrate that file solution piece. So I think it's really getting to some exciting places. And then known folder move is good for those folks who are a step before that to sort of get that over. So we encourage folks to check that out. We have a lot of documentation and hopefully it'll just make it easier as folks are going, I got to get off Windows 7. I got to get stuff into the cloud. Where do I start? And that'll really be a key piece. Right. Autopilot, any other dependencies? I mean, obviously Azure AD. Mm -hmm. Azure AD is really the big one that you need for that. And then it's just setting up your autopilot image in the cloud. What's great is as it goes through, It'll take a look and it will, you know, take a look at the user. It'll take a look at the permissions. We have it where it even is upgrading a customer from pro to enterprise. It'll go out to not only AD, but it will take a look at the various apps, MDM, GPOs. It brings that all in. But AAD is really the key piece to that. Mm -hmm. And just making sure the person's got a good connection to the Internet till, till the process is over. Well, and I, and I appreciate that it will work with pro that you don't have to be all enterprise SKUs to do this. Nope. Or it'll upgrade Pro to Enterprise as part of that process. Sure. Which you can do too, because yeah. you can do that with a simple GPO that Windows 10 supports that, where we didn't have that functionality in 7 and 8. And that always seemed like a huge miss to me. Yeah. What about the Intune role? Is it important as well? But with Intune or any MDM, you know, you could be using AirWatch, Mobile Iron. What we're hearing, and this is interesting, I was sitting down with some really large customers at our Deployment Advisory Council. Right. And they're like, we're no longer going to be using GPOs and ADMX and any of that. We're moving all towards MDM, ADM. Right. We want all those policies put now. We want to roll that out. That is really taking over where people were setting up GPOs and you know leveraging that. It's very much changing that that's becoming the key tool to deploy, to manage users, to push that out and to manage applications, especially as we're seeing more of the You can bring your own device, but it's got to meet corporate compliance and more people doing things from tablets and phones. It's amazing to see where we we tried to have that conversation several years ago and people are like, no way, never going to happen. Now they're like, nope, we're on it and this is the way we're going. And when can you get rid of the other one? And we want to see everything packaged up for Intune, AirWatch, Mobile Iron on day one. And we're like, wow, that's just a huge seismic shift from five years ago. Yeah, no kidding. It's never been that simple to do either, right? It's just, I've seen most organizations give up, try to do the shared device thing. It's like, it's easier for me to give you a phone. Right, yeah. Now with that, they can say, look, anything that's corporate data is gonna be tag corporate data. Right. And we know that. So then when you leave, we're not gonna erase your baby pictures, but we are gonna get rid of everything. And that's where... Azure information protection becomes really critical as that comes in to be able to know, hey, this is corporate data or the folders are locked. And if you try to move it to OneDrive personal, it won't let you. Or if you send it out, the moment you leave or your credentials are revoked, that you no longer have access to that information. Mm -hmm. No matter where it was stored in OneDrive and G Drive on a USB, it doesn't make a difference. So well, and I kind of like the OneDrive for business approach where it's like the stuff's not stored on your phone anyway, really. You right. know, it's sitting in OneDrive for Business. So when that account gets closed out, it just goes away. Yeah. 
Exactly that. And if you have it offline, it's still going to go away when you uninstall the app or remove it. Right. Your personal stuff isn't going to get touched and it's going to stay. And then with Azure Information Protection, you're ensuring people aren't taking stuff from OneDrive for Business and putting it into OneDrive Personal or Box or G Drive or any of those. So it's simple stuff, but it's easy to say, but they have to get on on AAD and they have to leverage these technologies. And folks are just now, many of them starting to really take a look at that and decide how they're going to do it. So uh, again, with that Windows 7 moving forward. As an IT guy, the de-onboarding process when you remove someone, I mean, cleaning out file folders and stuff, that's just a pain in the butt. It's, I, it's one of the reasons I find folks just don't do it. You end up with these orphan chunks of data here and there from old accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Or or that person who decided that their fonts folder was the best place to store everything because the computer told them to put it there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Win 32. Five, yeah, that's exactly where you were supposed to put right. it. But I've seen it. We've all seen it. Nice. And that's the other thing is, you know, knowing what's on your users machines. And that's the first thing people say, we want to move to the cloud. I'm like, well, take a look at your data. How much data do you have? How old is some of that data? Do you want to move some of that data that you're keeping strictly for security or uh, HR purposes to Azure cold storage? Why are you going to spend all this time and energy to move it if it's something that you're only keeping because it's for legal purposes, that it's, you know, docs that are more than five years old? Right. What is the content that's being used daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly, and what beyond that? And until you get your arms around knowing the hardware and the software and the files that people have and how they're using them. You're not ready to migrate. I sat down with a customer like, we're ready to go. I'm like, well, how much data do you have? Well, we don't know. How old is the average length of this data? We're not sure. Are there files that are more than five years old? Yes. Okay. Mm. Do you need to access those ever? No. So it's, it's those sort of things like you really need to understand what you have before you do it. It's like moving. You need to know what's in the house, what's going to move, what isn't, and if it's going to fit. Yeah. And it's, it's the simple stuff that people miss because they're so busy looking at what technology do I want to use to do all this, they forget to go back to the basics of what do you have, what do you need, and does it still make sense? And can I take three apps and turn it into one? Yeah, and, and just that housekeeping work that also often doesn't get done. People just put stuff in boxes and move it to the new place. So, And then it sits in a garage taking up space, and you're paying for that space. So why, why do that? And change is a great time to get users to change. When you're moving something like that, That's where change management kicks in and saying, hey, we were using three products. We're now going to do one or we're going to change this and get people on board. I'm going to do a session at Ignite this year on change management and really talk about from an IT perspective, what do you need to do before you take on a migration like this? And how do you get your users on board? And we'll bring some customers in. I've got a huge surprise in our big OneDrive session. It's a really exciting customer coming on that folks in the audience are going to be excited about. And we've got some folks in our other sessions. And it really is, how do you do that? Because folks are so great at the technical stuff, but understanding people and how they use products and services is just beyond them sometimes. So I'm actually excited to kind of bring something new to Ignite and see how well it does this year. I also appreciate this idea that because if I'm managing the OneDrive for business for the business as a whole, I can take some folders and sort of put them out of reach just to see if anybody misses them. Like, there seems to be this tendency towards, I don't actually need to delete this data. I just need to get it away. And then we'll find out if it's valuable later. I can archive it off. Yeah, exactly. And put it, Azure Cold Storage is cheap. It's a great way of saying, I got to hang on to this, but I don't need it. It's like going to, you know, U-Haul and renting a space from there. Uh, You know, 
great to keep the wedding dress. You're probably not going to need to wear it again, but I understand you need, you want to hang on to that, but why use up valuable storage in your closet? Well, and I'm, and I'm thinking about the average IT guy's time trying to figure out what needs to keep and what needs to go when storage is as cheap as it is. It's like, you know, what's cheaper. Just store it all. No, we can find it if we need to, but store it as cheaply as possible. Yeah, exactly. Know where it's at. So it's those kind of key things. And then the graph that really sort of pulls that all together that will also tell you this is what my users are using and that ability to be able to look at that and really understand different departments really helps you to be a better IT manager as you really sort of take a look at, great, now I know the technology and process for using, but what's important to these people in their world and what app are they spending the most amount of time in and what do I want to mess with the least and what do I have a little more leeway to really change? to get people on board with that. So it's so important to understand those users and what they do each day and which apps are really critical to that business process. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is tough to sort through. There's just a lot of things. When you start building up these kinds of workflows, Mm -hmm. how do you protect this? Does it need backing up? Does it, you know, it's, I'm not going to call it an app because it's not really an app, but it, it's, I'm thinking about the documentation process, how I hand it off to somebody else that they know this is how yep. we do this. This is where this lives. You know, if I get hit by a bus, right. you got to be able to make changes to it. Well, that's that's a great way. That's where SharePoint really comes in in that one, because mm-hmm. you can create a SharePoint team site or in teams, you can create a team, which automatically creates SharePoint. But then you have multiple owners within that. Right. Any flows that you create are available to that group. We're going to bring the functionality to teams that once you share a file on OneDrive with anybody within your team, it automatically gets shared with them. So they automatically have those rights. And we also just released the ability, and this is not just for OneDrive, but for SharePoint and for Exchange, that you can transfer ownership for deleted users. So if somebody does get hit by a bus, you can actually say, Rather than going to your manager who has no clue what to do with this stuff, let's give it to these three people on your team so that they can pick who should be managing that email, those documents, that workflow, and how to pass that across. So there's some different ways, but I think that that is important for groups exactly because people come and go out of out of roles. Sure. What happens when those users go and how do we make sure that content that was available on Friday isn't suddenly gone on Monday when sure. that person is gone, that work continues as it is. And that's, again, where Flow and SharePoint and Teams and so many of those group collaboration apps come in handy, where when you're using single source, it can get a little difficult until somebody sorts out what they're going to do with that stuff. How do you do the hierarchy to know who should be getting that folder after that person's gone? That's a good question. I think it depends. Each company is going to have to take a look at that. Some will do it matrix. They'll go, here are the three people who lead marketing. So all three of them have access over this. Some people, it's going to be a manager. The most common that I've seen is it often goes to security and security makes that decision and they work with someone from that team. It's a variety of ways, depending on the company and the kind of data that they're dealing with. As soon as you have P, you know, personally identifiable information, right. that tends to become more security where it's more marketing and concepts. That's usually a combination of that team, maybe with someone from HR. But I think you have to take a look at what are my users storing and it goes back to that knowing what's in there to understand the risks of giving that to somebody new before you do that. So it's, again, going back to that change management, really understanding the users and what they're creating and working with. Well, and for a long time in the old Active Directory, like you defined all these hierarchies in the user roles and things. Like you could actually yeah. build that whole stuff out. But there's lots of people that ever did it. And, I do, and you don't look at that on the Azure AD side at all. 
No, you don't look at that and you don't have tombstoning in SharePoint. Right. A lot of that great stuff that you did to get rid of user accounts and yeah. old domains and all of that. So yeah, there's definitely that different approach of understanding those hierarchies and cause and effect as you take a look at different teams. And now as we see more companies start to look at Slack and teams and how people are working, this concept of people that sort of work alone and collaborate occasionally is going away. Right. I was reading a survey the other day that 84% of companies say that collaboration is the number one thing within their company when it comes to getting work done, where it wasn't several years ago. It was mm -hmm. hiring a few great people to lead teams. It's people being able to edit on things simultaneously, read, see what others are doing, and getting data and insight about what folks are doing. And also with something like, you know, Delve, being able to search across the rest of marketing and type in a keyword for a campaign I'm going to do, see who else has done it and learn from them. That tribal knowledge is, is really critical. And for IT, it's understanding each department. You know, what is important to you in your world? What has to work first thing Monday? What do you work on and what type of data? How old is that data? Are you going to allow users to share and not share and all those kind of key things yeah. that are part of OneDrive and SharePoint without understanding your users and how they work and where they work from and what types of devices they work from? It's really, really hard to do that. And that's what I think so many companies are struggling with. And that's where your show is great because you bring on such a diverse group of folks that there's a lot of different viewpoints on how to on how different IT professionals and different companies are looking at this, which is nice. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, it, there's a lot of different ways to do this workflow. And you don't want to just give everybody everything because all of it is a tax surface, too. But I how many times do we deal with or in organizations where they look at the InfoSec guy as the business impediment guy? Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's crazy where that's your highest level of protection as you start to do those types of things. And no, they absolutely see it. And then I see companies trying to do the opposite. We're just going to keep everybody in VDI or we're just going to lock down the crap on anything. And then people, you know, it's the Jeff Goldblum life finds a way. And it does. If you're not giving people a way to share things and work with others, they're going to find a way to do it. And they're going to do it whatever the easiest simplest way is, and I guarantee you it's probably not going to be secure. So you really have to yep. kind of figure out how are we going to do that? Is it allowing external sharing and maybe it's only doing it with specific people or putting expiration dates? We've done a bunch of stuff like being able to block download, being able to set a password and expirations for shares to help get better control for end users over that, as well as being able to set up a whitelist or a blacklist of domains that you want to allow people to share with. Or just groups like HR is not allowed to share, but here's how they are going to do stuff. But you have to give people a way to do things. And that's what we hear from companies is we didn't allow external sharing, but now we're finding out that they all are using. They're doing it anyway. Yeah, they're using D drive, G drive and yep. they're using consumer products yep. to do it, which is even worse is not only are they using competing products, they're using consumer products with no security yeah. whatsoever. And you have no control over it whatsoever. Yeah. The user will find a way to get their job yes. done. And if your security is the impediment to it, then they're going to circumvent your security. I appreciate that sentiment, Stephen. Yeah. So anything we can hear more about what's coming at Ignite? Because I guess that's the next big show for this. Yeah. No, we, we have a lot of stuff that we're working on. What's I think really exciting is we're working very closely with Apple and Google on, you know, what we're going to be bringing to Mac and iOS and Android. And that's a that's a huge shift from the Microsoft of old. Where yeah, no you kidding. never would have heard that here. 
there's a lot of work going on there. We're certainly looking at virtualization and how we're going to really help to support that as customers move. But I really see it being so much about this is the big year for people to finally do that push to get off of Windows 7 as they're down to like 18 months. And the folks who haven't done it, this is going to be. And the ones that have, how do I make it easier? So I see those as being the big things. But the partnerships is so different than when I started 10 years ago and how interesting it is to see, yeah, we're meeting with Apple next week. We're going to Cupertino and singing in a room with those guys going, how do we make this work for all of us? Interesting. Yeah. Great times. Stephen Rose, thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure, Richard. And I will, even though it's early, your birthday's not for several weeks, I'm going to wish you a happy birthday early. Oh, thank you, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think by the time the show comes up, my birthday will have already come and gone. But uh, There you go. And so, I will see you at Ignite. Be, we'll be doing some podcasting from there. Well, then we will definitely have to go get some steaks. For sure. And some good wine. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio.